The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday morning, January the 19th, 2022. It is 7.02 on your Tucson morning. You're listening on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, and we are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. So glad to be back on the air with you again this morning as we have a a, a, an absolutely jam-packed two hours of radio show for you. Not only do we have a lot of great content today, I have a lot of opinions that I want to share. We're going to talk plenty of NFL. We're going to talk some Wildcat basketball today as well. Um, We're also going to talk specifically Cardinals football with our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake, who joins us every Wednesday at 7.30 to talk Arizona Cardinals. I also have tickets to give away today. I have women's basketball tickets to give away for this Friday's game versus Utah. Um, those tickets will be called to win, so be listening for your cue to call sometimes over the next one hour and 55 minutes. And I also have Roadrunners hockey tickets to give away, family four-packs to Star Wars night on January 29th. That's next Saturday, um, and that'll be a text to win. So be listening for your cue to text to win those. Um, and uh, so we got lots of stuff going on today, and I don't know I'm going to fit it all into a, two, a little two-hour radio show because – I have a lot of stuff that I want to talk about as well. So plenty of things uh, going on. There was uh, a, a lot of, uh, cr- of crazy upsets last night in college basketball. Um, you saw the, the number six team, Duke, going down to Florida State in, uh, in overtime down in Tallahassee. Florida State is one of those teams, like, y- you just – they're one of those teams you don't ever want to play. <laughs> like, if you're – if you're a top 25 team or whatever, if you're if you're a ranked team, you don't ever want to play Florida State because it just always seems like they just they just always beat ranked teams. And like as I was thinking about that, I'm like like the last night, I'm like, well, no no surprise. I mean, Florida State's been struggling all year, but they have two wins against AP ranked, I think, top 15 teams this season. And you know, the ACC's down this year for for college basketball. There's really like two good teams, and that's even stretching it if you want to call Miami a good team. Um, and I do think they are, but Duke has really been the only team in the ACC that's been worth a damn this year. You know, Virginia's not having a good year, and North Carolina's awful. They got beat by 30 last night by to Miami. Uh, but Leonard Hamilton's teams are teams you never want to see, and lo and behold, I, I, you know, I look at the stats and stuff this morning, and I see that Florida State has won their last six games against AP-ranked opponents. They're also, and this is, this is an astounding stat, the Florida State Seminoles, have won their last 13 overtime games. <laughs> That's astounding. The last 13. They're 13-0 and in their last 13 overtime games. I don't know how far that stretches back, probably quite a while. It's, you know, overtime games don't happen uh, all that often in college basketball, but they do happen, you know, once or twice a year maybe um, for a team at, you know, at the most. That probably goes back a decade maybe. And uh, yeah, have won their last 13 overtime games, which is just crazy to me to think about. Uh, Baylor, who was in uh, in jeopardy of being not only the first number one ranked team to lose back-to-back home games, but the first number one ranked team to lose three games in a row, 
as they went on the road to take on West Virginia, but they did get the win, 77-68 to there in Morgantown. Kansas, it, I was watching this game last night, back and forth with Oklahoma. That was a hell of a basketball game. That was, listen, Big 12 basketball, this is going to be interesting to see what happens with the Big 12. First of all, they're really good. There's, there's several good teams in the Big 12. They're going to get, you know, four or five teams. Texas is starting to build a resume for them to be out of the tournament. But there will be about four or five Big 12 teams in the NCAA tournament this year. And it'll be interesting for me to see what officiating crews they draw when they get to March Madness. Because I've been watching quite a bit of Big 12 basketball because it's good, and it's on ESPN a lot, to be honest with you. It's, it's, you know, it's on TV a lot. They get a lot of televised games. Those officials in the Big 12 this year have basically just thrown up their hands and say, look, if there's no blood, we're not going to call a foul. <laughs> now, it's, I mean, it's entertaining as hell. It's fun to watch. Those games, you know, I was watching the, uh, it was the, the, the Baylor game last week. I was watching some of that. And they, they're guys like, I mean, I'm not kidding, like practically throwing punches at one another uh, underneath the basket trying to jockey for position for rebounds. And referees were like, nope, we're not, we're not going to call that. In fact, there were like 12 free throws shot in that entire game. Um, watching the Big 12 last night, whether it be the Baylor-West Virginia game or that Kansas-Oklahoma, that Kansas-Oklahoma game was an absolute slugfest. And I don't mean that in like scoring terms. I mean like those two teams were slugging at each other. Like they were beating the crap out of one another <laughs> physically. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when a Big 12 team gets to March Madness, what kind of officiating crew they draw. Uh, because if they're going to be used to, if they're going to play a full slate of Big 12 games, they're going to play you know, 18, 20 games in the Big 12, including the Big 12 tournament and such, with, with these types of officiating rules where they're just allowed to just throw hands at one another practically to, to you know, get those rebounds, uh, they're in for a rude awakening when they get to the, the uh, tournament where the other officiating crews are in there and they're, they're calling games like we were accustomed to seeing. But the Big 12 this year, man, and it's, it, it's a trend. Like I've, I've watched several Big 12 games, and every time I'm like, damn, that game's physical. And they're not calling anything. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, another, uh, another ranked uh, game, I mentioned, I mentioned Texas. They lost at home to Kansas State. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a bad loss. Kansas State's not good. They're dead last in the Big 12 this year. Um, that's, not a good, that's not a good loss. Uh, Wisconsin outlasts Northwestern. Northwestern's a scary good team. Like, you know, they, don't, uh, they don't jump off the page at you. They don't have a whole lot of stars. They have Mintz, uh, who's, who's a pretty good player, who they've been missing. Um, but that is like the most mistake-free team on planet Earth. Like, they have the best assist-to-turnover ratio in the country, and they just don't make mistakes. And the same with Wisconsin. So that game last night was played largely mistake-free. They were, they were just two really good, really buttoned-up teams. I think there were only like – I think there was 18 turnovers total in the game. So good, clean game last night in the, in the Big Ten. And down in the SEC – Tennessee continues to win, thankfully, for Arizona. Uh, the 24-ranked Volunteers went into Nashville and uh, beat their in-state rivals, Vanderbilt, 68-60. to And, uh, oh, yeah, by, uh, Texas Tech beat Iowa State in a, in a ranked matchup in the Big 12 last night. Didn't get a chance to see any of that game, but sounds like it was a good one. Uh, so there's your college basketball scoreboard. Some interesting things happened. And, look, college basketball continues to roll on, and now that college football 
has uh, has gone to bed for a moment. We've crowned our national champion. It's time to turn our attentions to college basketball, both men's and women's college basketball. As you know, in here in the in the state of Arizona, the city of Tucson, women's basketball is very very important to us and uh, legitimate. You know, we got a, a great basketball program. Got a really good team this year with uh, with high aspirations of, of making a deep tournament run. So, uh, you know, these are these are the things that we're going to turn our attention to. And we'll continue to, to watch college football and keep our eyes on things as the the transfer portal continues to be a real problem. Um, I, I, I saw a question, I think it was a, you know, like a poll question posed to the people, uh, you know, on Twitter a couple days ago. And it said, which – you know, with, with what area of concern is the biggest for the NCAA right now? Is it, I think it was playoff expansion, and then there was like one other option, and then there was, uh, there was transfer portal management. And I just listen, transfer portal right now. I think the latest numbers, and there's there's an entire Twitter page dedicated to it. I think it's just called NCAA transfer portal. There have been 1,051 scholarship players. That entered the they entered the transfer portal since I think it was like since October eighth or something like that they go back to, and only forty seven percent of those players have received a scholarship at another program, which means that fifty three percent of them are homeless essentially for in terms of football, and most importantly in terms of paid education, uh, and and that's I, I know that. <laughs> I know some of you are rolling your eyes like, oh, here we go, talking about this, the student-athletes and all this other stuff. It's a scholastic sport, and I get it. Listen, when it all boils down to it, that's the most important aspect of this all. I mean, we're trying to nurture these young men and young women to greater futures so that we can have a, a better future here on Earth and here in the United States. It's, it's important that we continue to realize it's not just about oh where are these guys going to play football at look a lot of these guys that enter the transfer portal have you know two to three years of education and if they don't end up getting a scholarship somewhere they may never they may not continue their education for whatever reason maybe they never could afford it to begin with maybe they're disinterested now that they've uh you know been shunned by other programs that they just say you know screw it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go back to school you know the important thing is is that we remember that these are Young men, young women, amateur athletes, and even though name, image, and likeness is very prevalent and it's working in a lot of different markets right now, that, you know, the one thing that, that sticks out to me when I see that 53% of the, pe- the, the, the men in football, you know, specifically, who entered into the transfer portal don't have a home to play football at right now, it means they don't have a place to go to school either. They don't have uh, a paid scholarship to go and 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 learn and finish their degree and make something of themselves for the remainder the remaining sixty or seventy years of their lives that they're here on uh, on Earth. So uh, that's that to me is is the most important and, and probably the most saddening thing. So it, look, I think the NCAA needs to do something about this. I don't know what they can do. It's it's something that it's it's almost like one of those waves of 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 a trend that has happened so quickly and has has taken over and and become such a huge glaring issue that it almost kind of took me by surprise like i'm like i don't know how to react to this normally i i i'm able to figure out a solution like here's my solution to this problem i i don't know what the solution is to the transfer portal issue right now 
in college football and college, but college basketball is really bad. Um, even though there's like a million programs and a lot of different spots because there's only, you know, there's only 12 scholarships per team. That's, that's a very limited number. Um, so the NCAA needs to figure out something. These are the, pe- the people that are paid a lot of money and who have been doing this for longer than I have and are expected to be the decision makers in that particular process who, you know, that's their job. That's not my job. Um, you know, I can come up with opinions and ideas all I want. It's not going to make a difference. So it's just one of those things like where I, I just I don't. I, I I have not been able to figure out, and I feel figure a solution to the playoff issue, uh, you know everything else, but uh, can't seem to figure out what to do about this NCAA transfer portal because, regardless of whichever way you slice it, now that it's become the 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 monster that it is, it would almost be unfair to go back and change things to go back a certain you know way or to retreat a little bit on this because I want these young men to have the freedom of choice to leave a program to go somewhere else. I think it's important to have those freedoms and to be able to move around and choose where you want to play. And when a coach leaves and and you can go and play for another coach that had recruited you or somebody that, that your high school coach or your parents or, you know, whatever have, have steered you in the direction of, um, but something has to be done because we can't have 600 student athletes out there without a place to go to school, without a place to play football. It's just not, it's not conducive to the sport. It's not going to work, and uh, it's really, it's really unfortunate that it's gotten so big and so out of hand so quickly. Um, but that's uh, that's something we'll continue to talk about here, and we'll continue to watch the transfer portal. I mean, certainly, Jetfish and the Wildcats have done a pretty good job in bringing in some guys here to uh, to better their roster and better their program in the uh, the upcoming season. I have uh, I have a few topics today that we're going to be discussing. We'll be talking with Tyler Drake in about 15 minutes to talk Cardinals, the end of their season, the off season, what's next for the Cardinals. We'll talk uh, the Triple Ks with just you know Kingsbury, Kyler, and Kime. Um, you know, it's just there's there's a lot to discuss with Tyler, so we'll get into that. I also have uh, a topic today. Look, I, you know, I, I mentioned this before the playoffs began. 32 consecutive years, 32 consecutive years in the NFL. Four or more teams that did not make the playoffs in one season made it the the next season. And in most cases, depending on how many teams are in the playoffs, whether it be 14, 12, 10, whatever have you, 50% of the teams that are in the playoffs are new that season. It's their they're they're not on a consecutive streak essentially just like this year 14 teams seven of them were not in the playoffs last year so which of the six teams that have already been eliminated from the postseason will not return to the postseason next year it's it's a trend that's been going on for so long that you know it's going to happen so there's going to be a handful of teams that are already out there's going to be a couple of teams that are still in it that won't return to the playoffs next year. I'll have my opinions on the six that have already been eliminated on who will be in, who will be out, and why. I uh, also have a question for you guys. Based on the success of Arizona basketball so far this first season with Tommy Lloyd, have your expectations changed at all for Arizona basketball as we're midway through the season essentially now? They head off to a, a big three-game road trip in the state of California, NorCal, and then Heading down to UCLA to finally play the Bruins in that makeup game. Have your expectations changed? We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit as well. 
Each win means that much more in the NFL playoffs, and that's why FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with 30-to-1 enhanced odds for the divisional playoffs. That's right. You can bet $5 and win $150 for any team to win <clears throat> any of the divisional playoff games that were coming up. Now, I've already you know, told you that I really like Tennessee to win that football game against the Bengals. I just think there's a mismatch in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Plus, the Titans are getting King Henry back. They're rested. They're feeling good, and they've been playing good football, and I'm, I've got a lot of faith in Mike Vrabel. So uh, if, if, if it were me, I would use that $5 to cash in on a Tennessee Titans win. Just sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook app today using my promo code DEAN, and don't miss your chance to win $150 on just a $5 bet. Now, some of the things you'll experience with FanDuel Sportsbook when you sign up, you'll notice immediately how easy the app is to use. It's you can navigate it no problem. You know, if, if it's your first time ever getting on to a sports gambling site, it is super user friendly. It's also really safe and secure. There's plenty of different ways to make your deposits. You can be use as secure of a of a of a uh, digital program as you want. Uh, they also have great customer service if you have any questions as well. And when you win your ticket, they get paid. You get paid out in as little as two hours. It's just, it's great. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. Uh, you can download it and use my promo code Dean so that you can access that thirty to one odds for this weekend's divisional playoff round. You can pick any divisional team to win. Five dollar bet gets you one hundred and fifty bucks. That's a wonderful return on investment, I would say. Twenty one and over in President Arizona. <clears throat> pardon me. I'm all choked up here. New users only. $10 first deposit is required. Must wager in designated offer market. Your max bonus is $150. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. <clears throat> You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here. All right, let's give away our first set of uh, tickets that we've got to give away. I've got a family four-pack to go see the Roadrunners uh, take on, uh, I don't know, whatever team they're, they're playing that night, Saturday, uh, January 29th. I don't have my normal set up here my computer in front of me so i'm kind of going off of uh, memory i do know however that if you text the word roadrunners to 68683 you'll get your opportunity to win one of those family four packs that we have that we're giving away so we the window is open for about the next 10 minutes or so text to win those roadrunner tickets a family four a family four pack of tickets january 29th it's star wars night for god's sakes like get dressed up Take the family out. Go enjoy some Roadrunners hockey. Uh, and it, it's probably going to be like in the mid-70s in Tucson, so go cool off at the rink. <laughs> go see the Roadrunners. That's texting the word Roadrunners. That's all one word, Roadrunners, to 68683 for your chance to win. Good luck. And uh, if you win, enjoy the game, and may the force be with you. <clears throat> Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll have uh, Tyler Drake talking some Arizona Cardinals football we may extend Tyler's segment into the offseason because, you know, it's my promise to you that I talk NFL here every single day on the Jeff Dean Show. So we may just extend his uh, <clears throat> his expertise on this show into the into the offseason as well because as the NFL draft approaches Christmas Day for me, and, you know, I, 
start working very, very hard on the uh, on the NFL draft. We'll have full NFL draft shows here and a lot of different fun stuff. Be looking for my big boards that are going to be coming out as I start to put those together. Um, but, of course, the two gurus on ESPN, Todd McShay and my guy Mel Kuyper, have already put together theirs. And Mel Kuyper just released his mock draft this morning. <clears throat> now, you can look through that mock draft. And you can see that there are a ton of defensive players throughout, uh, listed throughout the uh, uh, the the top the first round, essentially the top thirty two picks. And you have the Arizona Cardinals drafting at number twenty three, and his mock for the Cardinals is a player that I absolutely love, and I think is completely underrated in this league, or in 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 college football, essentially a, a guy who not a whole lot of people know about because he plays at a school that's not really known for its defensive players. Um, he has them drafting George Karloftis, the defensive end from Purdue. You've heard me talk about George Karloftis on the show before. He jumps off the screen to me when I watch Purdue play. I watched Purdue play three times this year, specifically against Notre Dame. They doubled him in that game, and they took him pretty much out of the uh, uh, out of the system. Uh, he did only have <clears throat> four and a half sacks this year, but he was playing in in what my opinion is the wrong system for him. He was playing in a four three at Purdue. I think he's more of a 3-4 guy, uh, and so does McShay. Now, the thing with Carl Aftis is this. He's massive. Like, he's 6'6", 280 pounds. He's basically like J.J. Watt, kind of without as much speed. He's he's more of a – he's a better run stopper than J.J. Watt, and I, you know, coming out of college, essentially, and not nearly as good of a pass rusher. But in a 3-4 – you may see him blossom into a much better pass rusher because in the four three, he just you know he was constantly stunting inside and he was a run stopper guy and he wasn't really uh, great at, at getting around. But that's who he's got the Cardinals drafting. I think the Cardinals could do a lot worse than drafting George Karloftis with the twenty third overall pick uh, because I think that he would just be a direct replacement uh, for J.J. Watt there on that defense. And you know we don't know what what uh, the future uh, you know lies ahead for uh, for J.J. Um, you know, in his uh, contract status with the Cardinals, and of course that shoulder that was just completely destroyed just a few weeks ago, and the fact that he even played this weekend is phenomenal to me, and shows you just how competitive and tough that guy is. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to talk with our Cardinals insider Tyler Drake joins us next, right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on this Wednesday, January the 19th. Talking some NFL. It is Wednesday. It is 730, which means we can only be talking Cardinals football with our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake, who joined us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Tyler, good morning. How are you today? Hey, hey, I'm doing all right. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm I'm doing all right. Except apparently allergies are attacking my uh, throat right now. So if I if I you know if you don't hear from me for a couple minutes, just you know send help. Um, <laughs> so real before we start, you you were at SoFi Stadium over the weekend. Is that correct? Yep, yep, that is correct. How was it? I, I mean, I've heard all kinds of great things. I've been to the Jerry Dome and stuff, but I haven't been to SoFi yet. Uh so yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's about what everybody has said about it is is pretty much true it was uh yeah. it was pretty impressive just walking uh walking in and just seeing the field open up and just the whole stadium it was 
very impressive. Very, I mean, let's, uh, my track record is I went to Candlestick. I went to Oakland Coliseum and State Farm Stadium. I think those are about the only three that I've been to in my life. So, so far, uh, definitely blew all those out of the water. I mean, just, just everything incredible. Uh, game, on the other hand, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't uh... – uh, when I say it was a bad performance, that's an affront to the word bad. I mean, the Cardinals looked. I mean, I mean, you you name it, they were they were it. They were ill prepared. They were not focused. They were not disciplined. They were not physical. They were not buttoned up. They were not crisp. They were not. I mean, there was you know every negative football term that you can label a team with. That was Arizona Cardinals on Monday night. Yeah, a hundred percent. It was nothing went their way. Nothing could go their way. They couldn't figure anything out. It just. I mean, they looked they looked defeated after the first quarter. I mean, that that giant video screen uh, was panning to Cliff a couple times, and you could just see it. You could just see they looked like they just the, they were just spinning their tires, not knowing what the heck was going on. So what what happened? I mean, I, I, I guess from your you know from your vantage point, from the people you've talked to, from the players that you've talked to, coaches, I, I know that. I mean, it, it's really easy to say that you know, we got outplayed and we got outcoached, like what Cliff said, but, I mean, you have to dig deeper than that and find out what really happened. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think there's a, there's a couple of uh, position groups that they've really got to target uh, this offseason, mostly cornerback, offensive line, linebacker, uh, and even wide receiver. I think they've got to find another answer for somebody opposite of uh, DeAndre. As, as much as A.J. kind of flashed this year, he was not – he can't be the guy moving forward if this is going to be a good offense, I think. So uh, I definitely think there's some glaring, glaring, glaring needs that need to be filled. And, you know, I think really the biggest thing we could pinpoint is the, what, four straight three and outs and then yeah. goes into two interceptions and back-to-back drives. I mean, that right there, nobody's going to win a playoff game if you're going to do that. And, no. and that just snowballed into the rest of the whole game and, and yeah, I mean they look they looked done by halftime. <laughs> well, they were the they were the first team since the 1980 Oakland Raiders in a playoff game to go kin, uh, six consecutive uh, uh, six consecutive drives without a first down or with a turnover. Like I mean that's that's just that's it's, it's unprecedented in the history of of football. It doesn't happen all that often, specifically in the playoffs, and really for a team who features an offense. And you know that's that's really you know been the problem for them. It's Yes, the defense has been an issue, and they've had issues in the secondary, and there have been times where they've been gashed in the run game. But the offense, and I mean the, between the play calling, the decision making, the execution, just completely fell to pieces. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it, it's not not much uh, other than what you said earlier about being out coached, out played, out executed, everything. That I mean, that was that's what Cliff went back to, and and. I'm sure that's what he'll go back to when we ask him again the next time we talk to him. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, th- there's got to be a lot of looks. Like, I even thought about it after the game. I mean, does does Cliff need to get an offensive coordinator, or not even an offensive coordinator, just another mm-hmm. offensive mind that he can at least bounce stuff off to more so? Like, I guess Spencer Whipple kind of came in and filled the role when he was on COVID, but, like, I, it's almost like they might need another guy to be that voice for Cliff to be like, hey, man, we're in the second part of the season now. Let's not uh, change stuff up so much or so drastically to where we're not the same football team anymore. So I, I think I, that's to me, I think that that might be a need for this team is finding another guy to kind of keep Cliff in check a little bit. 
Well, look, three years ago, Sean McVay relinquished his play-calling duties so that he could focus more on the game. And, yes, there are till, still times where he will call plays, but for the most part, his OC is the play-caller and the play-designer. Yeah, yeah, and I think that I think that's a blueprint that Cliff might need to look at this offseason because I think it's too uh, there's, there's too many things for him to juggle, and if we're seeing the consistent trends of second-half just failures, then – Clearly something needs to happen. There needs to be a shock to the system in some kind of way, and maybe that needs to be like, hey, I'm going to hand you over the play calling reign. So I, so I don't know. That's, that's one of my thoughts. after That was my first reaction after the game. Yeah. I think Cliff might need to get, a, get another offensive mind in there. Tyler, we, we discussed it earlier in the season that this was a team who had, had assembled an impressive roster, but once those players started getting injured, started becoming unavailable, the glaring issue with this particular, the makeup of the 53-man roster on this team began to show itself. And look, this is a team full of stars and absolutely no depth. They went on the cheap in the secondary, and they went on the cheap in the offensive line, and those are two things that you cannot go on the cheap on in this day and age of the NFL. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, the one thing I will say, though, is, is it, 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 it played out really rough, but I think that, that Malcolm Butler retirement was a weird thing for sure. sure. Uh, definitely affected the depth, but they also, I mean, they had to go out there and try to figure out how to uh, fill that spot. So, yeah, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of issues that they've got to look at. And, and yeah, offensive line, that's got to be addressed. They've got to figure out if Josh Jones is really going to be the guy that's in this uh, next season because, I mean, Cliff said he progressed this year, but, it, you know, he, he ended it with, you know, we really need him to step up so that he can help us get where we need to go uh, at the end of his question or at the end of his answer yesterday. So I think that's kind of a, you know, a little nudge of, hey, man, you got you to gotta take that next step so we can actually utilize you. Looking ahead at this Cardinals offseason, man, they have got a lot of decisions to make on some, some free agents. Chandler Jones, Zach Ertz, A.J. Green, uh, James Conner and and uh, and and uh, Edmonds. Um, they've got almost the entire wide receiving core. AJ Green, uh, uh, Christian Kirk, uh, Wesley. I mean, I mean, they've got a lot of decisions to make that really, and I mean, really truly impact this football team. Yeah, yeah, they really do, and and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they kind of maneuver through all that because you know like I said earlier I, I'm not sure Green has a spot on this team after what yep. we saw this year yep. uh, definitely thought he could have been a thousand yard receive, uh, receiver on top of being able to get those added touches with uh, Hopkins being out but we clear that he was not that whatsoever he was not the Bengals version that we had seen Tyler he didn't even look like, like he was involved in the offense half the time like there were times yeah, where he was blocking he downfield and the ball would be thrown to him. And I mean, we all know that you know the, the 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 misgivings in the Packer game and all that stuff that happened with him. He just he, he seemed like he had total lack of focus like half of the time. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Everybody goes back to the Packer game, but if you really watch his his uh, the plays that he's on, that he's not even getting the ball. I mean, you could tell that it just something's off. The chemistry's not yeah. there. Something's off. Uh, but other guys, you know, Zach Ertz, I think that's a <clears throat> that's definitely a guy that the not, or the Cardinals uh, have to look at. I mean, yeah. just the amount of leadership and the amount of just the, the type of person he is and, and what he brings to that locker room alone, I think is is warranting a, a definitely a, a new contract for the, for him. And then, uh, yeah, you know, Christian Kirk's another one. He was, I felt like he did a little bit better this year, but still, he I don't disappeared think late. He really took that. 
Yeah, exactly. Once again, yeah. So it, it's his status is up in the air too. I think with him being kind of the hometown kid, that that helps his case a little bit. And I think that both sides kind of want him to stick around. But obviously, you got to see where the money's at. And uh, and and there's a lot of other decisions they've got to make, and a lot of other roster areas that they need to fulfill before they you know they add that other wide receiver. All right, elephant in the room. What are they going to do with Chandler Jones? Because you know he he's a free agent. Uh, his market value places him right around 16 or so million dollars a year. That's a lot of money. And you know, my opinions on Chandler Jones, I've made those very clear. And a lot of other radio hosts in this town have made their, their opinions clear about Chandler Jones as well. Is Chandler Jones an Arizona Cardinal next year? You know, it's, it's hard to say. I think, uh, there's going to have to be, he's going to have to, I think, come down a little bit. I think, when you look at his season, you take out that first game, he's got five and a half sacks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is his, that is what he does. That is why he's as dominant as he is, is when he can get to the quarterback. And when you're only putting up five and a half sacks in 14 games, that's not very, uh, I mean, that's not warranting a huge contract. And I know that he brings more than that. I know he's, he's a great leader in that locker room and everything else, but you got to look at that production. I mean, you're paying for the production. That's really what it's coming down to. That contract is for your sack. And if you're not getting the sack, why would they pay that much money to keep you around? So they definitely got to look at it. I think if, if Chandler really wants to stay in Arizona, he can make that happen, but he's got to come down off of probably what he's looking at right now. He was 93rd in the league in line, at, at the linebacker position in tackles for of, of players who had – 300 or more snaps on defense 93rd in tackles like he averaged yeah like 2.2 tackles a game yeah it's just just <laughs> bizarre and i mean like that's and that's the thing is is i think marcus golden isn't getting enough credit because he yeah. had a i think he had a absolutely solid, solid season just yep. a consistent basis just absolutely dominated and and, you know, I, as much as we have to talk about this Chandler thing, I, I think, you know, Golden's got to get that credit for how well he stepped in and, and really filled in for when Jones was absent. So, uh, you know, yeah, definitely I kind of went off track there. But, yeah, I had to give Golden some love there. All right, James Conner and Chase Edmonds, do you pay him or do you let him go? Oof. Uh, you know, I think we saw that they can really help this offense go and, and really – were when they should when they were both on the field healthy both able to run the rock both able to to do their part whether in the passing game or the running game that was really how that offense was really really gelling so I definitely think it's a possibility they keep both of them but you know the injury history just is gonna be a lingering thing there so I I could definitely see maybe another maybe like a two-year thing for Connor if that's what they want to go with and then Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure on Edmonds you know I think Edmonds deserves another contract out here, to be honest, but uh, we'll have to see what that looks like. But I, I definitely think they both can come back. And even Cliff said yesterday that they both deserve to get a good contract after you know what they did this year and just their track record. Yeah, I think I think Connor for sure, just because of the uh, the mindset that he brings to the field. I mean, Chase Edmonds is a, is a is a nice explosive back and a guy that you can feature on third downs and such. But I, I think James Connor needs to be the focus for this team to be their lead back or, you know, their guy that's going to be on the field for, you know, for 45 to 55 snaps a game, just because of the attitude and the competitiveness that he brings with him. He's just a tough guy that loves to play the game. And the fact that he gets uh, that, the fact that they saved Kyler 
uh, on the ground by just going to him in the red zone, which, yeah. I mean, we didn't really see that much in the second half of the season. But uh, just the fact of that, and uh, I, know, I know we always talk about Tyler needs to run more, but uh, getting him out of harm's way in the red zone and letting the running back just pile on touchdowns, that – that'll be fine for anybody that's running a team. So <laughs> definitely uh, that's another aspect that I always like to throw in there. Yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned Kyler because I wanted to ask you about him as well. You know, the ankle injury that occurred in the Packer game, he was out a few weeks, came back, still didn't look right. And you would think that after all this time that, that things would be, would be better. But, I, I mean, I think it's safe to say just watching how poorly he played in the final – four weeks of this season that that ankle is a lot worse than we originally thought yeah and you know what was surprising was that he was running a little bit more too yeah. so it's 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 a wonder if uh, uh it's a question if that actually kind of affected him a little bit more and, and that's also the thing too i mean we look back at this game i know that they went down early but you know when cliff said you know i expect tyler to have the best game of the season best game of his career i expected to see like I don't know, maybe 10, 8 to 10 carries on the ground and just a lot more sharpness. And, and I mean, he was just off, off, off. I mean, those interceptions, just that one in the end zone, that almost oh. looked like that Matt Stafford one that was just horrendous too. Yep. So just, I mean, he, he, I, 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 I don't even really know what to say on that. I know he's trying to avoid the safety, but you're going to give up seven points instead of two points. It's just that's never going to work. And yeah, just everything was sharp. and I mean, or nothing was sharp. And, and that was the thing I asked him after the game. I said, uh, you know, I asked J.J. this too. And J.J. called. I said, how big of a what if is this season for you? And he goes, it's just a massive failure. It is a massive failure. And that's all I, that's what you have to say. And, and I asked Kylie the same thing. And I mentioned J.J.'s comments. And he says, yeah, I got, I got to agree. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's a massive failure. So, and well, I mean, see- you can definitely tell that he's feeling it. But you got to see how he responds in this offseason and going into next season. See, Tyler, I, th- I think Kyler Murray actually saved the Cardinals two points by not taking the safety because the way their defense was playing, if they give up yeah. the safety there, they put two points on the board, they kick the ball back to the Rams, the Rams just come right down, throw a football into the end zone and get a two-point conversion. He probably saved them two points by throwing that pick six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess Yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's a good point. I, I'll give you that one. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, it, I think it was the shortest pick six in the history of, of uh, the NFL playoffs, so. It was probably <laughs> it was it was just a, it was a, it was a horrendous game all around for the Arizona Cardinals. I you know I, w- I was I said yesterday I'm on the record as saying look you, you don't you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater in this particular instance. You don't fire Cliff Kingsbury. You don't fire Steve Kime because those two are, are going to be tied to the hip. If that in, if that decision yeah. comes, it's not coming from Steve Kime. It's coming from Michael Bidwell, and you have to get rid of both of them and you have to start over again. You don't want to do that. They just did that three years ago. You don't throw out you yep. know Kyler Murray. Um, you just have to kind of ride with the decisions that you've made. Fact of the matter is, Steve Kime has to get better at building depth on this team, and they have to put a, a bigger focus, like you said, on building that secondary and that offensive line, and that's going to be probably the focus of where their money goes this offseason. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's uh, those are the, the biggest areas that I think they really need to improve on. And, and yeah, like, like you said, you know, time's got to be able to not only get those big names, but also build that depth with, uh, you know, guys that might not be those starter type quality guys, but are going to come in and can step in and play three or four games for you if you need them to. Whereas this year, I felt like they were just as soon as that first line got just hit with an injury, it was kind of a just a struggle to figure out what where they were going to go next. 
Well, Tyler, we appreciate it as always. Thank you for uh, all your hard work during the season. We, we may still end up talking Cardinal football every single Wednesday because, as you know, the NFL is king and the, uh, the, the season and the, the sport never sleeps. So we, uh, we may keep dialing you up here to, uh, to talk Cardinal football, especially as we get closer to the draft, okay? Yeah, absolutely. You know the phone number. And, uh, yeah, I want to say uh, thank you guys for letting me jump on and uh, thanks to everybody that's been listening. Appreciate yeah. it. It's our pleasure, man. Thank you, Tyler. You can follow him at T Drake for sports. He's a must follow if you're a Cardinal fan. And uh, if you just want some information on all of the uh, NFL teams, all 32, he's definitely one to follow. Tyler, thank you, man. Have a great uh, rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Talk to you later, man. It's Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider right there from Arizona sports. You can uh, ch- find him at, uh, he writes articles, uh, you know, all, all the time for the, uh, for the Cardinals. And uh, he'll be continuing to cover Cardinals throughout the offseason as they get ready for the NFL draft and the combine and all that stuff and what they're going to do in free agency, uh, whether there's a trade involved somewhere that may still be looming out there as well. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that, of course, as well. The NFL playoffs, as you know, are in full gear. Everyone can get in on the action with a risk-free bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, it doesn't matter if you're a FanDuel customer already or if you're brand new because all customers are going to get a $10 rebate back if you play your same-game parlay. Even if your same-game parlay doesn't win, you get 10 bucks back. Now, the same-game parlays, we call them SGPs here, they allow you to combine multiple bets to be able to create more legs to your card for a bigger payout. Now, like I said, in Kansas City, I think there's going to be fireworks between those two quarterbacks. I like both quarterbacks to go over the rushing yards. I like both tight ends to catch a touchdown. And you're going to throw a fifth leg on there with the money line. Obviously, you're going to pick a winner. There's your five-leg SGP right there. The odds go way up. And if you throw 10 bucks on it, you're going to get your 10 bucks back, win or lose, which is awesome. Now, there's lots of cool promotions like this every single day, all throughout the weeks and the seasons on FanDuel Sportsbook. It's one of the many reasons why they're America's number one sportsbook. And, of course, those lightning-fast payouts. When you win, you get paid out in as few as just two hours. Now, like I said, if you already have an account, place your risk-free bet on a same-game parlay on any of the divisional round games to qualify and new customers when you join Use my promo code DEAN to get access to your risk-free bet. And also, if you're a new customer, when you use my promo code DEAN, you get access to the other promo that we're running as well, which is the 30-to-1 odds on any of the divisional round games. Place a $5 bet, pick a winner, you get 150 bucks when they win. It's just that simple. FanDuel is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Max bonus $10. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342. More on ESPN Tucson with the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Always good to talk with Tyler Drake, talk some Cardinals football, man on the inside, always expressing some great opinions and some information on us, and uh, we appreciate him working uh, with us throughout the season. And uh, we'll continue to talk with Tyler throughout the offseason because, as you know, the NFL never sleeps. It's like uh, it's like Las Vegas. <laughs> the, the, the league that never sleeps, and already we're talking NFL draft because teams have been eliminated. We know that – you know, with with the with the eight teams that remain in the uh, in the playoffs, that we only have to slot those remaining teams in the NFL draft. We think we know about where they're going to be. Um, so 
you know, but we know where these uh, these other teams have eliminated are, and you know, keep looking at the uh, the NFL draft again. We'll have uh, because it's kind of like my it's like my Christmas. I I I, I do it even when I'm not working in sports radio, because there have been years where I wasn't working in sports radio, like last year and stuff during the uh, during the COVID break and everything that we had. And there have been years where I wasn't working, you know, for whatever reason, I stepped away for, you know, a little bit or something. I still do all my draft coverage just because I enjoy it and because I'm a nut and because it bridges two of my favorite things, college, football, and the NFL. And it's just a wonderful time of year. So be prepared for all that. We'll have uh, a big... Uh, a big to do about the NFL draft. We'll talk with the experts that are uh, that are in, on the front lines, and uh, we'll talk to some people. And I have some uh, some great contacts that I've built over the years, and people that have been there on draft day with the teams, and uh, some interesting stuff. Just some little insight and things like that you can look forward to here on the show as we get closer to that April draft coming up. Uh, the game, actually, the draft is going to be in Vegas, the city that never sleeps. So there we go. Nice little tie in there. It's almost like I meant to do it. Coming up in hour number two, we'll continue to talk some NFL as uh, I'll tell you which of the six eliminated NFL teams will not return to the postseason next year. We'll talk some Wildcat basketball as we try to keep things local here every single day here on the Jeff Dean Show. Some new expectations for men's basketball possibly midway through the season. Also have those women's basketball tickets to give away in hour number two. And who knows what else? There's plenty of other things to do here on the Jeff Dean Show. Stick around here for hour number two. Maybe another chance to uh, text to win those Roadrunners hockey tickets, a family four-pack of tickets that we got for coming up on January 29th on Star Wars night. So still a whole lot more to come here. Just a quick two-minute turnaround here in uh, hour number one, heading into hour number two. Stay tuned to 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. More from the Jeff Dean Show next. Casino Del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.